Haggai chapter 2. Haggai chapter 2. Are you from verse 18 to verse 19? Haggai chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. Consider now from this day and upwards. From the fourth and twentieth day of the ninth month, even from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Is the seed yet in the barn? Yea, as yet the vine, and the fig tree, and the pomegranate, and the olive tree had not brought forth. From this day will I bless you. Somebody does not like that. The Lord is saying, from this day will I bless you. Again, the Lord is saying, from this day will I bless you. Tell somebody, from this day will God bless me. God will bless you in Jesus' name. Why was this blessing pronounced upon the children of Israel? Why was this promise of blessing pronounced? As has been declared in our announcement, today is our covenant day of what? Someone is not sure. Today is our covenant day of what? You will not live here without your blessing in Jesus' name. Everyone who is present here today will live with a blessing in Jesus' name. And that's why when we are giving the offering envelopes, we are giving two. One is for our regular tithes and offering, and the other one is for this covenant seed. As the Lord has instructed us, we want to thank God for the God of Compassion program. It was a wonderful program. How many people here can declare that I was touched during that program? Your touch will be permanent in Jesus' name. There are some things that the Lord has done that you may not know now, but the Lord knows. It shall come to pass in the name of Jesus. So it was an eight days program of prayer and fasting. And towards the end of, actually it was on the second day of the program that the Lord gave us this instruction. I will just come here with a sacrificial offering to challenge the Lord for the next one year. So this is, a, this is something that you can measure by time. Measure by what? By time. I can say, Lord, I obeyed your word. This is what I have done. And this time next year, or let me say before this time next year, somebody will have a testimony. Amen. Before this time next year, someone will have a testimony. Amen. And I know this was not in our announcement, but uh, let's not forget that this evening by 6 p.m., we are going to be having a, uh, a prayer meeting here. Daddy will be in our midst, as he instructed I think he spoke about this last Sunday. Uh, and he asked that we should bring our prayer request. Uh, the Lord will hear us in Jesus' name. So why was this promise of blessing pronounced? The first reason the promise was pronounced was, number one, there was a sequence of events. Some things that led to uh, that day. The first thing was that the house of the Lord was neglected. And the people kept saying, it is not time to build. The house was what? The house of the Lord was neglected. And the people who were supposed to build the house kept saying, it is not yet time to build. In this Haggai chapter 1 verse 2, the Bible says, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, These people, tell somebody these people. These people say, the time is not come. 
the time that the Lord's house should be built. So that was something that the Lord observed. The people kept saying, it is not yet time to build the house of the Lord. But God took notice and God sent a warning to the people. He sent a warning to them that this neglect of the house of the Lord was responsible for the leanness that they were observing. For the what? I believe we all know the meaning of leanness. When you expect to have a fat harvest, your harvest is lean. Because the house of the Lord is neglected. When you get your salary of $5,000 every two weeks, you already have liabilities of $4,500 waiting for it. Leanness. Every leanness in our, in our finances, God will touch today in Jesus' name. So the Lord sent a warning to them that this leanness is because you have neglected the house of the Lord. In that same Haggai chapter 1, from verse 4, he said, Is it time for you, all, I mean, for you all ye to dwell in your sealed houses? And this house lies waste? In other words, the house of the Lord was lying waste. But the, the, the individuals had beautiful and wonderful houses that they resorted to. He said, now therefore in verse 5, those said the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Tell somebody sitting beside you, consider your ways. That's very important. Now look at how the Lord described that leanness in verse 6. He said, you have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earned wages, earned wages to put into a bag with holes. Tell somebody that is leanness. And the Lord is saying it's simply because the house of the Lord is what? Is neglected. It's simply because, even though the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing shall be added unto you, we have changed it. And what do we say now? Seek every other thing. And when you have obtained them, then you can think of God. Unfortunately, many a times, every other thing before God, we never attain. I pray you will hear the voice of the Lord today. So the word came to the people, they were urged to consider their ways by getting up to do the work. In verse 7 of that passage, we see that statement being repeated again. Thus said the Lord of hosts, do what? Do what? Consider your ways. Go up to the mountain, verse 8. Bring wood. Build the house. And I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, said the Lord. If the Lord takes pleasure in what you are doing, if the Lord is glorified in your situation, or if the Lord is glorified in your handwork, then what happens? Every other situation is what? It's turned around. It's turned around. Look at verse 9. In verse 9, he was talking to them again that, look, I wish you would listen to me. I wish you will obey me. I wish you will truly consider your ways. He said, you look for much. And lo, he did what? It came to little. When you brought it home, I did blow upon it. In other words, even the little that was brought home, at some point in time, 
You just realize that from nowhere, rats and mice are in the house. You bought this bag of what? Beans? That you thought would last for six months. And that beans can only last for one month. Why? Because the rats and the mice have eaten most of it. Because the weevils have invaded your, what do you call that place? Pantry, right? They've invaded your pantry. Thus said the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Tell somebody, consider your ways. He says, it's because of my house that is waste. And you run every man unto his own house. Let's go to the next point. The next point is that the people heeded the call. The people did what? They heeded the call. They heeded the call. In the book of Malachi chapter 3, the passage we are all very familiar with. The Lord said, my house is deserted. There is no food in my house. There is no provision in my house. Say why? He said, because the people have chosen to ignore the house of the Lord. And that's when the Lord began to say, can a man rob God? And then you people are saying, how can we rob God? How have we robbed God? He said, you have robbed me by failing to bring in your tithe and offering into the storehouse. When the storehouse is lean, then our finances are lean. Every leanness in our, in our, in our finances, God will address today in Jesus' name. The people listening to what, I mean, uh, the man of God said unto them, Haggai. And led by the governor, reconstruction began. Tell somebody reconstruction began. Because God is beginning a new thing in somebody's life here today. It is our covenant day of what? Our covenant day of what? Of blessing. If you will come before the Lord with a heart that is acceptable unto him, he will start a new thing in your situation. He will start a new thing in your life. The Bible says in that Haggai chapter 1 verse 12, Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel, Joshua the son of Jezedek, the high priest, with all the remnants of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord God has sent him. And the people did fear before the Lord. The people did what? They did what? In other words, what makes us to disobey God is because we don't do what? We don't fear Him. We don't fear Him. On Mount Camel, Elijah stood before the, the people of Israel. In 1 Kings chapter 18, he told the priests of Baal, he said, bring your sacrifice, but do not put fire on it. Let the God that answers by fire be what? Let Him be God. And the prayers of Bear called from morning to night, there was no answer. I pray for someone here today, God will answer you. Amen. I say, God will answer you. Amen. Except if the God you are serving is Bear. They called from morning to night, there was no answer. And the Bible says at the time of the evening sacrifice, Elijah came forward. He repaired the broken altar. He went back to the source of everything. And he prayed a very simple prayer. Tell us about the simple prayer. And the Bible says, fire fell from heaven and consumed that sacrifice. And when the people saw that God answered the prayer of, uh, of, Elisha, of Elijah, they said, the Lord, he is God. 
Can you ask your neighbor, do you fear God? As if you mean it. The choristers are not asking their neighbors. Ask your neighbor, do you fear God? It's very important. Because if everything you do is predicated on the fear of God, success is assured. Victory is assured. The glory of the living God is assured. No wonder the Lord told, uh, uh, was it either Mary or, or was, it, was it Mary or Martha in John chapter 11 verse 40? He said, if you believe, you will do what? You will see the glory of God. If you believe, you will experience the glory of God. The Bible says the people did fear the Lord. And when he saw that they feared him and they were ready to do the work, he sent a word to them. And he said, I am with you. Let's look at that Haggai chapter 1 verse 13. Chapter verse 13. Then spoke Haggai the Lord's messenger. In the Lord's message unto the people. Saying, I am with you. Says the Lord. If you fear the Lord. The Lord is saying unto you this morning. I am what? Only for those that fear the Lord. He said, I am with you. The Lord will be with you. I said, the Lord will be with you. Amen. You will not lack his presence in Jesus' name. Amen. The work of the temple began on the fourth day, on the 24th day rather, of the sixth month. When you look at that, Haggai chapter 1 verse 15. On the 24th day of the sixth month. In the fourth and 20th day of the sixth month. That work began. Three months later. When? Three months later, the word of promise came, which was the passage we read earlier on today. The work began on the 24th day of the sixth month. On the 24th day of the ninth month, the word of the Lord came, which was the passage we read earlier on. That from this day onwards, I will do what? I will bless you. And that underscores the instruction the Lord has given us for this morning. When the Lord wants to bless a man, he stirs up the spirit of that man to do something sacrificial that will catch divine attention beyond anyone else. Offerings will ascend from this sanctuary today. Amen. I say offerings will ascend from this sanctuary today. Amen. The question is, will your offering catch divine attention? It's a day that covenant will be established. Amen. The Lord told Abraham in Genesis chapter 2, I mean 22 verses 2 to 3. Genesis chapter 22 verses 2 to 3. The Lord told Abraham, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. Go into the land of Moriah. Offer him for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And the Bible says, Abraham rose up early in the morning. He saddled his ass. He took two of his young men, and Isaac his son, and he rose up and went to the place that God had told him. God spoke to him during the night. The morning he woke up, he told his wife, we are going on a journey. And he left. I'm very sure Abraham did not tell his wife what he was going to do. If he had told her, what would happen? That boy would not follow him. But Abraham just wanted to do the bidding of the living God. And brethren, 
We know the story very well. Abraham got to the mountain. God appeared to him. And God prevented him from sacrificing that young man. Then the Lord made a pronouncement. And that pronouncement will work for someone here today. In Genesis chapter 22 verse 16. The Lord said, by myself have I sworn. Because you have done this and has not withheld your son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee. In multiplying, I will multiply thy seed. As the stars of heaven, as the sand upon the seashore, and thy seed. I don't know who God is speaking today. Thy seed shall do what? Possess the gate of his enemies. Number one, he said, in blessing, I will bless thee. Who is that promise unto? He said, in multiplying, I will multiply you. Who is that unto? Then he said, your seed will possess the gate of their enemies. In other words, nobody can stop your seed. Brethren, have they been able to stop the seed of Abraham? Have they been able to stop the seed of Abraham? Because Abraham was faithful. Even when the descendants of Abraham are unfaithful. Because of the faithfulness of Abraham. That's why you see I have a nation called Israel today. Not because of the descendants of Abraham, brethren. It's because of Abraham. God is looking for someone here today. With whom he will establish a covenant. How many of us will he find faithful? He will find you faithful in Jesus' name. I said he will find you faithful in Jesus' name. David was a man, brethren, that the Bible says he gave a solemn vow. He said, I will not give unto the Lord that which cost me nothing. David said he will not give unto the Lord what? I will not give unto God because I don't want it. You know that's what some of us do? It's only the time for which nobody will pay me that I will reserve for the Lord. I cannot make any sacrifice for God. We don't say it that way, but that's the way we do it. David said, I will not give unto God that which costs me nothing. Can you please ask your neighbor, what are you giving to God? In other words, what you are giving to God, is it the uh, leftover, B? There's something called leftover. Is it the leftover or the first over? Which one are you giving unto God? The songwriter said, How do you treat God? How do you treat God? Like a G-O-D or D-O-G. How do you treat God? You know, the dogs in this part of the world, some of them are special. But bingo in my country. We give bingo our leftover. I'm sure somebody understands what I'm saying. Where I come from, we don't go to spend billions of dollars on uh, dog food. Whatever we eat and we are satisfied, we have some bones and some, we'll go and give bingo. And bingo will eat, you know what I mean by bingo? Bingo is the name of my dog. Bingo will eat that food and be happy. That gives you a very good example of how many of us treat God. Our God to us is what? It's a dog. In fact, of course, in this part of the world, many of us treat our dogs better, better than we treat children. So which means many of us treat our dogs better than who? Better than even God. 
How do you treat God? Is it like a G-O-D or like a D-O-G? David said in 2 Samuel, chapter 24, verse 24. I mean, yeah, 2 Samuel 24, 24. I believe that is it. He said unto Arauna, Nay, I will surely buy it of thee at a price. At what? At a price. Neither will I offer burnt offering to the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. Tell somebody, repent. Don't be afraid. I'm the one sending you. Tell your neighbor, repent. Maybe you should put it this way. Tell your neighbor, stop giving God that which costs you nothing. Because come to think of it, brethren, what God gave you, did it cost him nothing? It cost him his own son. The Bible doesn't just say any son. Which son? His only begotten son. That is what it cost God to take you to, take you to where you are today. David considered that the highest sacrifice any man can do must be unto the Lord and to the Lord only. That's why in 2 Samuel 23, from verse 15 to verse 7, 2 Samuel 23, verse 23, I mean verse 15 to 17, 2 Samuel 23, 15 to 17, David was thirsty. He wanted to drink water. And he said, oh, that somebody will give me a drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. But the problem is, that well was surrounded by who? Enemies. And David desired to drink water from that well. And some of his mighty men came up and said, if that's the water you want to drink, we will risk our lives to get to that water. And they went and they fought. And they got the water for David. What did David do with the water? He poured it out as an offering. In verse 17. David said, Be it from, from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is not this the blood of the men that went in jeopardy of their lives? Now when the Bible says, David is a man after God's own heart. It's not just that God slept and woke up and said, Oh, one, two, three, four, David, you are the man. No. David was faithful. David knew the value of sacrifice. David knew that the best belongs to God. Tell somebody the best belongs to God. It's very important, brethren. Your best, tell the person, your neighbor, your best belongs to God. Now tell your neighbor, my best belongs to God. That is what makes God to establish a covenant with someone. And when God establishes a covenant with you, there are times that you may fail, but God never fails. Brethren, God has never failed. He cannot stop failing when it's your turn. Is it possible? The Bible says, by two immutable things, by which one? It is impossible for God to lie. Is that in your Bible? It's impossible for God to lie. When God says, I will favor you, he means what? It means he will favor you. It doesn't matter what the opposition is. It doesn't matter who is on your side or who is not. Because when God is on your side, the Bible says he does what? He makes all your enemies to do what? To be at peace with you. To be at peace with you. Like I always say, brethren, even the devil does not want to die. Do you realize that? 
The devil doesn't want to die. When he sees that this one is too hot for me, what does he do? He flees. Solomon gave so much to the Lord that the Bible says the Lord visited him and asked him, What shall I give thee? In 1 Kings chapter 3, from verse 4 to 5. Solomon went to Gibeon and he went there to make a sacrifice. As somebody has come in here today to make a sacrifice. And the Lord will accept your offering. The Lord will accept your sacrifice. The Bible says the king gave a thousand burnt offerings upon the altar. And in verse 5, in Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I shall give thee. And we know the rest of the story. That is how Solomon became the wisest man that ever lived. It wasn't a matter of chance. It wasn't by accident. And God has purposely told us, we have prayed. And brethren, God has heard our prayers. Amen. I want to give you an assurance. At least as far as Christ's chapel is concerned. Next year, without saying it, you will say, yes, God has done it. Amen. Within the next one year, you yourself will say, what? God has done it. You know, one of the, one of the words that the Lord gave to our, our daddy in the Lord is, he said, this church is a church of what? Millionaires. Do you know that there are two ways that this church can be a church of millionaires? Somebody does not believe. I believe. I'm a pastor, but I'm a millionaire. Once we have completed the million circle, I will, I will now become a billionaire. Uh, you are looking at me, you are laughing. You know, I've always said it. Some people here can bear me witness. So when the man of God says this church is a church of millionaires, the first millionaire that we made is who? It's me. Uh, I'm the pastor. It has to start with me. God will find you faithful in Jesus' name. But I was saying there are two ways that millionaires can arise in this church. Number one, God can make you a millionaire. I thought somebody would say amen to that. I said God can make you a millionaire. Amen. Number two, God can bring millionaires from outside. The question is, when the millionaires come from outside, will they meet you a millionaire inside? Or they will meet you and say, ah, you know that bro, he's a millionaire, thank God he has joined us. Is that what you are going to be saying? He is joining millionaires in-house. But you have got to make up your mind that I am one of the millionaires. Brethren, you are going to see. There will be a divine transformation Amen. within the next one year. Amen. God is faithful. And he will find you faithful in Jesus' name. We all know the story of Jabez. Jabez prayed out poverty out of his life. Jabez prayed out inherited cause out of his life. Is that not so? The mother said, I bear you in sorrow. Your name is Jabez. I say, ah, I reject this one. No? And he began to pray. And somebody here will pray this afternoon. Yes. Oh, we are still in the morning. You will pray and God will answer you in Jesus' name. Yes. Remember, we declared a few weeks ago that there are three principles of blessing. I wonder if anybody still remembers. Three principles of blessing. Does anyone still remember? Only three. Number one, we say blessing must be personal. Is that not so? It has to be directed at someone. It's not just in the ear. It must be targeted. 
Number two, we say blessing must be specific. And number three, we say blessing must be triggered. So blessing must be targeted, must be specific, must be triggered. Today we are here to trigger blessing. I said today we are here to trigger blessing. And there's no other way to trigger blessing than by what you give. When Noah came out of the ark, brethren, the Bible says Noah gave an offering. What was his offering? He built an altar. Of all the clean animals with him in the ark, he took and he sacrificed. Remember, every other thing that was not in the ark had been destroyed. Yet, with the little that he had, he still remembered God. Tell somebody, remember God. When God saw the sacrifice that Noah gave, God came down that day. And that covenant was established with mankind. God said, I will no longer destroy the earth with water. That's why this earth is still the way it is today. He said, while the earth remained, seed time and harvest time shall not seed. Today is a day of, I mean, it's a day to sow your seed. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20 to verse 22. But verse 22 is what I'm just saying. He said, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Some of us will love it if winter can disappear. Is that not so? In fact, we can form a party. We call it winter disappear party. We will love it. But the Lord has said, summer and winter will not cease. Day and night shall not cease. Cold and heat shall not cease. 